Welcome to Clearing the Narrative. I'm Trenton James, a.k.a. Trent Hexham. He, him, his. I'm a queer trans man in small town America. And you are? <laughs> We're never going to get like one of these the way I feel like you want Just them to go. Just say your name. Just say your name. <laughs> Tell the people who you are. <laughs> My name's Alan, a.k.a. Fuckmaster Flex. He, him. And today you you brought with us a friend. Why doesn't he introduce himself? <laughs> oh, I guess I have to now. Well, uh, I'm Vic, uh, a.k.a. Vicolus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll go with that one. I don't even know why I started calling you Vicolus. I don't remember either. I don't know why. It just, I was just like Nicholas Vicholas. I, I don't fucking know. Do you have a, you have a middle name? D- that, uh, do I have a middle name? Or multiple? I have three middle names. Because, <laughs> uh, when my birth mom named me and my siblings, uh, she wanted all of us to have two middle names and then her last name and my dad's last name. So her last name is just like one of my middle names actually. Um, And like officially on forms. And then um, when I changed my name, I kept the five name structure. Nice. Do you ever use your full name on like documents? Rarely, sometimes (laughs) I have to, but if I give my ID to people, like especially when I would buy read, they all, Basically, universally, people take a really long, hard look at my ID. Yeah, Yeah, is this fake? What the fuck is this? (laughs) The first middle name is pretty normal, Dean. uh, Because it's based on... (laughs) Okay, yeah, no, see, you you literally can't even ask me about my name without it being a fucking story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean it's, it's cool stories are what this is about yeah my sister's name well her nickname is sam we were big fans of supernatural after i moved out of my birth mom's house um to my dad's place after a time i kind of had started stuff about like people who are genderqueer and people who are trans mm-hmm. and stuff and uh, right it was i had watched boys don't cry yeah <laughs> yes. like we were just talking about that yeah we mentioned that on here oh, <laughs> someone had told me about it and uh-huh. watch it and i was just like sure okay and i was not prepared for that film and it fucking shook me for days yeah yes oh yeah like literally a week later i think i was watching this silly outtake from supernatural where jensen ackles is laying on his back in the front seat of the impala and he is just like pretending to play the drums to eye of the tiger and in the actual show the way it's supposed to go is that jared padalecki's character he walks up and sam and they start talking and whatever scene goes on but in that particular 
take, Jared decided to mess with Jensen by just like not walking up at all and seeing how long he would keep going. Um, (laughs) So like Jensen being Jensen just completely goes with it. And like he like ends up getting out of the car through the driver's seat window and sitting on the car and (laughs) climbs out and sits on the car and he's acting the whole time and like just it's so ridiculous but I was watching that and I had that realization of just want to be that comfortable in myself I want to be able to exist in the world and Mm. be myself and have fun and be silly and exist as a dude yeah as a man couldn't admit to myself at that point like yeah this is it i can't keep doing this anymore and so that's why i ended up changing my first middle name to dean because then well for one thing then my sister and me would be Sam and Dean as our first <laughs> middle names. And That's cool. <laughs> in as a mark of what it was that kind of helped me come out to myself and well, finally come out to myself because I tried to come out multiple times. No really. What was it like the first moment you were like inklings when you were younger that something was up? According to my brother Jamie and I don't remember this. He remembers me saying when I was three years old, I'm a boy. Oh, wow. And, um, and I believe him because I remember feeling when I was very young. I remember feeling like my mom would tell me, like, no, you're not like your brothers. You're a girl. And I'd be like, no, that's not true. Yeah. He's like, no, I know what I am. Let's just say that for now, to sum it up, child family services could have gotten involved in for multiple different violations they would have probably removed us mm. but it's likely also based on the conversations that have had with those workers that they would have removed us on the spot due to the state of the house mm-hmm. uh, you had said that your mom had been a hoarder yeah do you have a favorite trans movie or queer centric movie? Oh, let me think now. I do, <laughs> but I have to think because I never uh, remember which one it is was called. Better than Chocolate was one I saw. That's an older one, but it had like a trans woman in it. There might have been a lot of the spectrum. I'm trying to remember who the fuck was in it because it is a while. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know I don't have a favorite because there aren't any. <laughs> Like, well, like, no, I shouldn't say there aren't any. They're just, they're so few. They're few. Like, I don't have a favorite because the only one that I can actually think of that I've seen, well, Boys Don't Cry. Right. (laughs) Which, that's not my favorite. No, that's just sad. Trans America, I've seen. Oh, yeah, I was talking about that one. Felicity Huffman. Yeah. I remember liking that one at the time, but I don't, I actually saw that one, I think, before I came out. Mm, yeah, me too. See, I wanna, I'd have to watch that again, too, because I was like, yeah, I remember liking it, but 
<laughs> then you go back and watch stuff that you were like, that was okay. And you watch it and you're like, ooh, that did not age well it at all. Yeah, it doesn't stand the test of time. No. It's so disappointing. So you're in Canada. How is the process of transitioning in Canada? Well, for like, me, how did you have to? Yeah. I you? got super, <laughs> I got super ridiculously lucky. Like, I cannot overemphasize how lucky I got. I happened to come out at like almost the exact same time that my city opened up its first trans clinic where oh, wow. it was like specifically doctors looking to help trans people transition. That's so cool. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna get on that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I made an appointment first thing I could. And I ended up, I did a lot of research online on my own. And at the time, like I looked up this resource that was like, these are trans friendly therapists in different areas. And for my area in my entire province, I should say, there was one name on the list. Oh. So I literally took that one name and I was like, well, this is who I'll see then. And right. we'll see how it goes. So then I got my doctor's appointment that was like, I don't need you to look for a therapist. I have this name, send me to this person. And they're like, okay, so we'll send you to this person. I actually just remembered that I did not um, start with going to the trans clinic. I actually started by going to my hometown doctor. My hometown doctor, <laughs> we'll get into my hometown. Just for now, know that it's a pile of crap. Small town anyway, or everywhere. <laughs> I made the mistake of going to my hometown doctor and going to my appointment with my birth mom. Um, oh. Yeah. So my hometown doctor essentially told me some garbage about injections that I'm like pretty certain is wrong. And he was just like trying to scare me off of doing them. And he gave me a prescription for topical cream, but it was a very weak prescription. And he also wanted me to get an MRI of my brain. What the fuck? Um, for science. Oh my god. Because he was, as he said, pretty sure that if he scanned my brain, my brain structure would more closely resemble that of a cis man than a cis woman. And my birth mom was all for that. And she actually asked him if getting me a prescription for estrogen would cure me. What the fuck? Yeah, no, that gives you a good idea of what my birth mom's like. Jesus Christ, yeah. I did not end up going to the MRI, actually. I was like, I'm not comfortable with doing it when Belinda knows about it and will demand to know what my results are. Yeah. Um, and I'm not comfortable with it in this context of no, trying it's... to prove if I am who I say I am. And so I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to that. <laughs> and I canceled it. And then I ended up going to an endocrinologist. Again, I looked up on the list where I was like, okay, I need to find... <laughs> A trans-friendly endocrinologist. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, look, the list has one name one again. One name, yeah. So I went to the one name, and they were like, okay, here's a prescription. Or, or no, no, they, they wanted me to do blood work. So yeah, I did blood work, and like they were like, yeah, okay, we'll give you a prescription. But then like after that, I think that was when I finally was like, okay, I heard about the trans clinic. I'm going to try that out. And it had like just started and stuff. And they ended up handling all of my blood work and transition stuff. Because of the way that it went in my province, they passed legislation to cover the different surgeries for trans men mm-hmm. at the exact same time that I was transitioning. Oh. And so literally every single time they were covering something new, I'd like go into my doctor and be like, okay, get me that now. And they'd be like, okay, we'll do that. And it would just so happen that like I would, well, I mean, most of the time it would be like that I would have already picked, I'd either have already picked a surgeon or I just like happened to pick the good one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) like, okay, for for my chest surgery, there was like three different surgeons I could have picked. And the one that I picked, like, basically, as far as I can remember, she actually retired right after she did mine. Wow. <laughs> so, and she was really, really good. Uh, like, my chest was really small. I think it's called keyhole is what she gave me. Literally, all she did was she made, like, a tiny, like, half-circle incision under my nipple. And that was it. Oh, and, yeah, I think that's what that was. Yeah, and it's like, and like, they're the the scars are like almost invisible, like you can't see them if you don't know exactly what you're looking for. Wow, it's like my results were incredible, and I'm so ridiculously lucky because it was the exact same for every different surgery that I had, where I had ridiculously incredible results based on like what my surgeon said at least it was like life giving you something back for all the, oh yeah no the I, shit you had to go through right i was That's like true. i was absolutely like well at least fucking something it's like so finally bad. motherfucker <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah god yeah i mean oh, gotta have god. hope for some time yeah <laughs> but yeah um i found out from a counselor that I was seeing at the trans clinic, I found out one day, she told me that I was actually, and these are her words, I was the poster boy of the trans clinic. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Because I was the first person who had completed transition, in quotation marks, through the trans clinic. I had gone to the trans clinic, I got my hormones from them, I got my chest surgery through them. I got my hysterectomy and whatever. I don't remember what they call it. It's for like when you yoink everything. (laughs) And I got my meta from them. Their process, like with the government, like with approving it and everything, like going through all that stuff with was like they modeled how they treated everybody else off of what they did with me. So they sent everyone else to the same therapist. They would send them to the same site, like surgeons and the same, well, like they couldn't send them to the same chest surgeon, but they sent them (laughs) to like, yeah, um, they went through all that same process. Yeah, and I was just like, 
hey, I actually had like some part in that process because I did so much of my own research. You're a trans trailblazer. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm like, <laughs> that's like, but then like the other thing is that like legitimately, I just got so incredibly lucky with the timing of my coming out because yeah. I live in a distinctly conservative province. It's more liberal in the capital city of my province because literally all of the people who aren't conservative basically if you're not conservative when you turn 18 you move to the city there's one yeah. big city that's it there is yeah. literally one big city in my province i think i have remember you had said at one point that your region was similar to how like it'd be like living in the south in the u.s oh yeah no um <laughs> Yeah. My so. my city, my hometown, uh, my hometown is currently experiencing an extreme pandemic um, situation because there are so many people there who did not take it seriously that they are now at a forty percent positivity rating. Dang. And that's like, that's just people that have been tested. When I was like four, I think, that's when um, I had a babysitter who was just like somebody's daughter from across the street or like a name. Right. Basically. And, um, but she was like, she was really nice. And I really liked her. And she actually really liked babysitting me. So I was at her house one day and we were playing with her Raggedy Ann doll and Raggedy Andy. Oh, yeah. And I said something like, I wish that I could wear overalls like Raggedy Andy wears instead of always wearing dresses. Because mm -hmm. that's what I was made to wear. Yeah. And then, like, my babysitter, she got really serious for a moment. And she, like, she asked me, she's like, do you not, are you not, like, allowed to choose what you wear? And I was like, no, I'm, my mom just dresses me in the morning and buys my clothes for me and stuff. And she was like, you're a human being. You're not a doll. You should have a choice about what you oh wow wear. and it's a woke ass babysitter yeah and i was just like <laughs> shit. i was fucking blown away i was like holy shit this is completely revolutionary to me this idea yeah i'm a person how would like, i know that i'm a person because at, at that point in my life i had no indication that i was um right. i was essentially yeah i was treated like a doll or something to just put aside when not needed. After that, I went home and I told my birth mom, I was like, I don't want to wear dresses anymore. I, I don't, I don't want to wear dresses anymore. I want to wear pants. My babysitter told me that I should be able to choose what I want to wear and stuff. And I was never allowed to see that babysitter again. Of course. And wow. For the rest of my life, my birth mom would blame my babysitter for me suddenly deciding 
that I didn't like dresses. Right. Not that you're not your own person again. Yeah, exactly. Not that I was my own person who could think my own thoughts, but that I had just decided because I had been told by somebody and not that she had simply never cared about what I actually wanted. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, no. My birth mom is a fucking piece of work. She is something. For a while, because, like, I didn't know any sort of terms for what I was. I didn't know any sort of words for it. Yeah, because you didn't see it anywhere. Yeah. You couldn't, it was um, hard to recognize what it is. <laughs> I kind of didn't really, like, after, ta- like, trying to say something when I was really little, I kind of just was like, okay, I'm just going to not say anything about this for a while now. Yeah. But then, like, every now and then, I would hear about something or read about something that I was like, that sounds like me. Because I was just, like, I was just desperately searching for a word that I could use to explain it to my mom in such a way that she would actually not just... Like, support you? Yeah. Like, you know, actually like a person? Somewhat like a parent should do to yeah, their child? be a parent. <laughs> she is completely not capable of being a parent. I have Cree ancestry, fourth generation Métis. My birth mom was not good at the cultural aspects of being Métis in any sense. So her personality is such that she loved to make herself the victim. So she learned all that she could about all the atrocities that had been committed against First Nations people in Canada and in just North America and South America and stuff in Central America. But she didn't learn anything about the cultural side and she didn't learn anything about our actual heritage in any way. And one of the things about my area is that we actually are one of the originators of the term two-spirit. Really? Yeah. And I tried to tell her when I was a kid, I was like, that sounds like me. That's yeah. like me. And this may be because it's, this is our culture. Maybe she'll accept this. I tried and no. Her, her what she would do is every time I tried to talk about it, she would give me total silent treatment. She would say nothing. And (laughs) if I tried to talk about it more, she would just say nothing. And it was just, it was her sign that like, I am not gonna, I I refuse to talk about this. This is not a thing. You're not doing this, just forget about it. My, My entire childhood is just like, literally trying to salvage what little is beautiful from an incredibly massive mountain of pain and abuse. I'm a lot better at it than I used to be because I'm in good therapy now. Um, That's really helped me. But like, I have dealt with some extreme, like extreme anger issues. Oh yeah. Like, Oh my god, like... Yeah, how was that when you started testosterone? (laughs) (laughs) No, it was... Honestly, honestly, the thing that I noticed most when I started testosterone was how my... Well, how I actually suddenly had a sex drive of any kind. 
for me, it was kind of, it was a combination, I think, of hormones and culture for me, because culturally, I had completely turned off the part of my brain that was attracted to anybody. Because, yeah. because I didn't know who it was safe to be attracted to, and I couldn't have... Yeah. I couldn't have a true relationship with anybody anyway. So when I right. when I actually was dating a guy at one point, I was a million times more uncomfortable around him dating him than I was just being friends with him because I was just like, I can't be honest with you about who I am and how I feel about my body and yeah. how I feel about myself. And, and so, yeah, like... Oh man, yeah, they they're we're still friends actually. Um, and uh, wow, yeah, they actually messaged me out of the blue the other day, and they're like, "I'm in the city, but I can't see you because quarantine." <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for letting me know you're nearby. <laughs> Honestly, I was just really, really happy that he messaged me because I yeah. don't have a lot of friends. Well, yeah, I don't have a lot of friends in general, but I lost a lot of friends from my hometown when I came out. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, that sucks. There were friends that I had known since I was, like, four years old that were just like, I don't, I never want to talk to you again. And it's like, if you were my friend, then you would have known this already. One of my friends, he's one of my best friends, his response when I came out to him was no shit. He was just so not, not shocked. Like yeah. the absolute opposite of surprised was just like, finally, you're welcome, welcome to this knowledge that I have had for so many years now. And I was just like, you, well, you could have let me know. <laughs> the first time I met my wife, yeah, she told me I was trans before I told anyone. And I was like, yeah, don't tell me that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. But people would ask me that, too. They're like, oh, are you are you trans? And I'm like, what? Uh, I'll let you know. But it's like I knew, but it was like it's it, it's that it's taking that leap to do to be who you are. Yeah. On top of all the bullshit that you had to go through. Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot. When I came out, um, trans was like a word that people in my area only just learned, basically. But yeah, I got asked like tons growing up, are you a girl or a boy? And me too. Yeah. I knew that I was supposed to answer and say, I'm a girl, but I hated doing it. I absolutely hated doing it Yeah. so much that when I was in grade 12, my science teacher thought uh, or like used male pronouns for me for like almost the entire semester because I am from a shitty small town. So every single time he called on me or said anything or like used male pronouns, basically every time he used them my entire class would be laughing or giggling. And he did not understand. He just did not get why would they would laugh. And it wasn't until like he mentioned me to 
one of the other teachers who knew me a bit better, my mom was friends with her. She corrected, or she corrected him, I should say, in, in quotation marks, she corrected him. Yeah, quote unquote corrected him. Um, and he ended up, next time I was in class, he ended up calling me into like the back area and he like he apologized to me and he was like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i'll give you like private tutoring for the rest of the year and because because my marks were really shitty in physics <laughs> but that's because he was a really boring teacher right <laughs> Oh, did you have any queer pioneers or trans pioneers that you... I sort of did, yes. 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 My, <laughs> my aunts slash aunts slash uncles slash uncles, I think, was what we went with for a part of time. I have a step family because my dad ended up remarrying. Mm -hmm. um, and my step family is... They're about as left wing as you can go. They like my my step grandpa is actually famous in Canada for being a human rights lawyer. Oh, nice. He has like there are multiple books written about him or by him. There was like local politicians at his funeral and shit, which was like so weird to me. Like, cause my my blood relations are like total nobodies <laughs> like they were they were a bunch of farmers and then like on my birth mom's side it was like a bunch of poor immigrants or poor natives yeah and so like the idea that like my step on my step family side like my step grandpa was actually like a notable person to anybody is just like what that's so weird to me <laughs> that is gonna be weird like blow your mind a little bit yeah but yeah no he was he was yeah he was an actually like a, he was a human rights lawyer and he was i think yeah my stepmom told me she marched in the very first winnipeg pride parade oh wow that's so awesome yeah if anything my step family were my my queer um pioneers yeah my queer pioneers because <laughs> like well i guess they're my step and yeah they're my step aunts they uh well one of them is like in a really long term like they've been married for ages they have they have three kids so yeah i have like three step cousins from one of them and um but when i met her well when i met one of them that was like the first time that I had met someone who was rem even remotely like me in the terms of they had been born and labeled as female and whatnot, but then later ended up identifying more as genderqueer and stuff and nice. wear male clothing very regularly. And, and like for me, like that was the literally the first person I had ever met like that that was like like me 
because I, as soon as I had my own allowance and realized that I could go to the thrift store to buy my own clothes, I completely refused to wear anything except for, um, yeah, like the only thing that I wore that I didn't buy myself was um, my underwear because you can't buy underwear at a thrift store. Well, that's not recommended. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm like, I think you can, but I wouldn't. <laughs> I think you can. I don't know if you can, but I, I've seen it. Well, maybe, maybe not in Canada. But in I just know that the thrift store. <laughs> maybe American. Or, yeah, I super gross. The thrift store didn't sell it. So. No, yeah, I did the same thing for a while because I was like, I need to wear. I want always wanted boy jeans. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted boxers, but I, my mom would not buy any boxers the longest time. I had to wait till I made my own money to buy boxers. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't like, first of all, I had a huge ass. Mm-hmm. So girl underwear is not even, doesn't cover you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, I just want boxers. Why can't I have boxers? Mm-hmm. And it was a huge struggle just to get fucking, uh, it was a huge struggle just to like not wear a dress. Oh yeah, no, um, clothes were a big big thing for me in terms of something that I fought with my birth mom over like constantly oh yeah like every single day basically every day she would just be like now you look so bad in that and like why don't you put this on why don't you put your hair on oh yeah yeah and ooh, did she make you grow your hair because I was not allowed to cut my hair off I I I had long ass motherfucking hair and I hated it I actually convinced her one time to let me cut it kind of short, not like buzz cut short, but like it was like, like a actually, bob. yeah, like short-ish. Like it was like maybe like around my like... Um, Mid-ear? Or... Yeah, like around my chin or my ear or whatever. Like it was, it was short, but it was just on the edge of mid-length, like... Right. Long, just on the edge. Still, still long enough to be feminine. And then basically from then on, <laughs> I would kind of like negotiate it shorter, like a little bit at a time. Right, right. But, but there was one year where, where my hairdresser and my birth mom convinced me to just kind of like let them do whatever. And like they, they made the haircut sound like it was a good one. And so I was like, <clears throat> yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> when we got out of the hair salon, I started crying because I hated it so much. It was basically a mushroom cut. I'm not oh. saying it was just a mushroom cut. Uh, <laughs> terrible. It was so bad. And I was just like, what the hell is this? And my birth mom, well, my birth mom being my birth mom, she just yelled at me for not saying anything sooner. But if I had said anything sooner, they would have just, she would have gotten angry at me for wanting For saying something. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah. No, my hair was one of those things where it was like, yeah, it was a constant fight to have it cut short because every time I would go to this haircut she would make me go through the pay all the books of haircuts and she'd be like well, what about that one that's a little bit longer and and I'd be like no I want to look at men's haircuts 
mm-hmm. not women's haircuts. And she I always was like, like begging no. my mom, can I just shave my head? I just want to shave my head. I just, I don't want all this hair. And Ugh. she's like, no, you'll look stupid and you can't do this if you shave your head and no one will take it. I'm like, Ugh. my, I just could not. Yeah. I had it. Oh, I was always in a ponytail and I had a hat on. My, did nothing with that fucking hair, but she made me grow it out. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't make any sense. My birth mom had done, um, I can't remember what the specific term for it is, but she had done like the hairdressing and makeup classes and whatnot in school. So she knew how to cut hair and stuff, like with scissors and stuff. So she actually, she would cut my hair when I was really little. And so for quite a while, actually, it was actually very long. I remember now the first time that she cut it short in any way was when I was going to camp one year and she didn't trust me to do my hair when I was at camp to like brush my hair and stuff. And so she was like, I don't want you to come back from camp with tons of like knots in your long hair so she was like i'm just gonna like give you literally she just like gave me a bowl cut i think um <laughs> and, god and that's what i have for it was, like, it was like sitting outside and like i ba- i vaguely remember the we had these like those like me- those like kind of just like plain metal bowls and <laughs> And she like stuck one on my head. <laughs> and, oh man! And, and, yeah, and so then I went to camp, and that was the first time that my hair was cut sort of short. And then after that, like I went to, and I ended up going to like one of her friends for a haircut or something. And that was the and her, her friend. It was her friend that was like you would look really good with short hair. And and I was like, can I get short hair? Can I get short hair? <laughs> and because her friend was like, you should get short hair. You should have short hair. Well, Linda had to go along with it. Her personality is such that she'll always be trying to create a good image in public with other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like, I have to be a good mom in this situation right say yes even if i would absolutely not say yes um (laughs) and so she like she was like yeah okay and then from then on it was just like i just refused to let my hair grow out very long this is actually the longest it's been in a really long time um it's your quarantine cut It, it looks very different now than it used to when I was a kid because my hair when I was a kid was like flat, like flat. It was completely flat. It was oh, wow. fine and it was flat. And then I started hormones and specifically after I got my hysterectomy, I think it was, that was when my curls started showing up. Huh. And ever since then, ever since then, my hair has been curly. Like it's not like all curls, and it's not curly, curly, curly. Like they're like pretty broad curls, but yeah. actual full-on like they will loop multiple times curls. Is that what you? 
Yeah. Alan, were you the same way? Did you have to keep your hair long? Were you like... See, that's the thing. It's really interesting to hear other people's trans experiences because I actually... I kind of... My hair, I didn't... I didn't immediately ever want my hair short all the time. When I was a kid, I remember there being a specific pride to my hair because, you know, being a Hispanic girl with a curly long hair, it has a, it, you know, it's cute. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> for a long time. It's uh, a totally different thing culturally. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was just different. And I never really, I never immediately felt that way. It really wasn't only until my 20s where I really started playing with the idea. I was like, I kind of, I kind of want to go shorter. But then I went, I I tried to get it short. It basically looks like kind of like a men's cut anyway. So I was like, oh, maybe I can go even shorter. And then mm -hmm. it just kind of went from there. But I didn't really, that, I mean, that's one of the reasons I felt conflicted, I think, for a while. Um, and it's kind of what Trent and I were talking about one time, mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, you kind of get to a point where it's like you don't want to be perceived as feminine mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. all. And you go, like, hyper-masculine. so it's like a hyper, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't like that either and there were a lot of it just took me like the past couple years mm -hmm. to kind of embrace those things about myself oh yeah mm -hmm. it's absolutely like process of kind of figuring out okay because well you like you spend so much time of your life living and trying to like present yourself as who you think people expect you to be yeah. And then by the time you come out, you're just like, I have no idea who I actually am as a person. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I always said, like, you were just wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. Like what society tells you. And then like, as soon as you realize who you are, you're like, I actually don't know who I am. Like, I was living this lie so long. I'm yeah. a rarity in the sense that I was extremely out before I was actually out in any sense. Out to the point that people were constantly questioning if I was queer in some way. Mm -hmm. And then like me having to be like, no, I'm not because that's not allowed in my family. And then only after I finally moved out and then like had a total mental breakdown yeah. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. What actually, <laughs> what, really, what really, what really kicked off, what really kicked off me coming out was I got a job in my hometown at, there's like this big factory that makes windows and doors and like tons of people work there, like hundreds of employees. It's a huge factory. They employ lots of the town and a lot of people get a job there after they graduate and so my friend a lot of people i knew from my grade worked there including one of my closest friends and so i was like i'm gonna get a job there on night shift with him and then i'll get an apartment with him and we'll share an apartment and we'll work the night shift together and stuff and 
And in theory, I was like, this is doable because like, I don't like living in the city. I grew up in a small town. I'd rather live in the country, to be honest. But I was like, this is at least slightly better. So, and I like the idea of being more independent. I didn't like the idea of living with my parents. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, I'm going to, I temporarily was staying back with my birth mom so that I could go to the interview and then do the training and if I got the job and stuff and until I got um an apartment and place I could stay like I had not moved any of my stuff I had brought like a backpack I did get the job I did the training I lasted two and a half days what (laughs) two and a half days because approximately halfway i think it was the day before i quit actually the person who was training me had asked me are you a girl or a boy and what and and i was like fuck i have to answer this again and i didn't know how to answer it and i was just like i'm a girl i just like wearing boys clothes but then i ended up like there was like um big meeting that day or whatever in the cafeteria and I was sitting there in the cafeteria and I was thinking I'm going to be asked that fucking question by every single goddamn person in every fucking person in here yeah and the next day I got like halfway through the day and I was just like I can't do this I can't work here I can't continue going through my life being asked that fucking question Because, like, for a long time in school, because I lived in such a small town, at a certain point, people basically knew me. And I didn't get that question terribly often anymore. I would sometimes get it from people when they were trying to bully me or whatever. But most of the time, most people knew me as either, like, Vic, because very rarely they actually liked me. (laughs) But well, <laughs> I say very rarely because actually my whole personality in school was that I tried very hard to make friends with everybody because I was so basically well t- to be perfectly honest yeah I felt so absolutely deeply hated by my birth mom that I was desperate right. for positive attention from absolutely anybody i was like the friendliest kid ever because i just so desperately wanted people to actually like be nice to me and like me Uh, right and so like i would end up when it what would happen is i would end up actually having at least a few people in each different sort of clique that actually liked me and were friends with me and they would kind and it meant it kind of just like it softened it almost so that like I got bullied regularly, but not as badly as I could have been, I would say. Right, because you had a one person in each little Yeah. Group. Like and and a lot of the times it was like um the people who were most popular in those groups, like for whatever reason, like say I had like I had been their neighbor or my family was close to their family 
or whatever like it's a it was a it's a small small town there were like 60 people in my grade and i was in like the same classes with them for like six years oh jesus my town has three elementary schools or it had it had dude sorry wasn't i saying that to you trent what was i had like my fucking town had like three elementary schools (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What is with with that? Yeah, three elementary schools, <laughs> one one junior high. Yeah, and oh, one Jesus. Of, technically, technically, we had two high schools, but the it was actually that we had one high school, and the other high school was acted as a reform school because it, <laughs> it was literally it was the Christian high school, and it was where parents sent their kids when they were like really bad kids no, they're bad yeah kids that are doing drugs kids that are like drinking kids that are kids that are being regular kids for the most part or responding to their incredibly oppressive environment we had that yeah. in my town except it was just you just went to juvie <laughs> you just yeah. went to the juvenile detention center <laughs> yeah no this yeah. is a christian town so every 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 sort of like yeah. solution was christian based so it's a reform school yeah. instead of juvie. So it's, it's about the same. Reform school, and I. I've heard that term around here too. So. I got threatened with being sent there, but I never actually got sent there. Hmm. But yeah, no, my the the main high school is the the high is the only high school for like an incredibly large rural area. So there would be like kids busing in from like over an hour away. Wow. Okay, well, that's been um, interesting. Is there anything? I was trying to end on a positive note. (laughs) Has there been like a triumph, trans triumph in your... (laughs) I'm trying to think of one lately. (laughs) Honest to God, my trans triumph is that I am still here. Yes. Oh, yes. That after every... After everything, just from the little bit you've told me. (laughs) I... They they say like you shouldn't tell a trans person that they're brave because there's no bravery in just existing. I mean, there shouldn't be. But, but <laughs> the, <laughs> there is. And yeah, it, like it, on the one hand, like I get it, it makes sense, and like I see where the person's coming from, and then I see why people don't want to be called brave for being trans. Yeah. I'm brave for being myself. And then my dad, my dad is the one person who can tell me that he thinks that I'm the bravest person that he knows. And I will actually believe him and not be like, yeah, you're just saying that because you like don't know anybody else. (laughs) Like, Cause like he's told me that and I'm just like, eh, but am I though? Cause sometimes I feel like that and where I'm just like, no, that's bullshit. Like, <laughs> no, that's total bullshit. And then I mean, you could be proud of yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not, that that's not, it's not bad to be like, you know what? I survived some shit, and you know what? Yeah, I turned out pretty damn good despite the fucking odds. 
Ooh. And I'm fucking, I knew who the fuck I, I was, and I'm living my fucking life like, now. Like, who would have known? Despite. <laughs> yeah, despite everything, I pushed through. Like, goddamn. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking badass. I was the first in my goddamn trans <laughs> fucking <laughs> Trans trailblazer, yeah. motherfucker. I mean, that's technically a trailblazer of some kind. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you are. Yeah. You are. Yeah, though, that's one of the weirdest things to me. And, like, <laughs> I got asked on the phone once when I was trying to get a new doctor. They they asked me, they were like, have you been to the trans clinic before? I was like, I have been waiting so long for the most organic time to bring this up. Yeah, how often do you get that? <laughs> this is my moment. My moment to shine. Uh, so yeah, there's your happy moment to end on. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Um, do you have a Twitch stream or a uh, TikTok as Alan likes to do? <laughs> I love TikTok. Plug yet, but I am working on a book in the present and past and future. Oh. Eventually, I'll have to plug it with an actual name and shit, but <laughs> we'll just say it's in the process. Okay. <laughs> TBD. Yeah. All right. And that's been Queer in a Narrative. Remember, pronouns fucking matter. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I think they. Don't be trash. Don't be trash. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Uh, okay. Okay. Is this is this gonna? Okay. Let me just ask one question. <laughs> Am I gonna have to do this every single episode? <laughs> I, it's a good bit to end on. Okay. 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 All right. If not, I thought that was a. Okay. For, for okay, let's do it. Okay. Let's go ahead. And that's my plan. <laughs> Remember, pronouns fucking matter. Don't be trash. Don't be trash. Peace out, y'all. Thanks for listening to this episode of Queer in the Narrative. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Twitter at QTheNPod. You can send us an email at QTheNPod at gmail.com. And tune in next time to see if Alan will ever remember the ending of this damn podcast. And remember, pronouns fucking matter. Don't be trash it's not that hard to remember (laughs) bye